I'll get back here to my appointed spot here. We have to move this thing back. For those who always wonder why this is in back here, that camera, especially on Wednesday night, it cuts across here. Mike and Sue tend to sit there and they make a lot of comments. If this is up, it's in the way, you don't see them. If they would move to a different spot, Matt could be closer, but it cuts the angle on that camera. If we had a camera over here, we could change things again. Yeah, that's, you know, that's not a bad idea. Put half a roll on Matt and then put the other half on the, on the pews. That's, that's probably a good idea. I don't, hadn't thought about that. Diagonal across there and tie Matt to a spot. I can move it up, but Matt can't because I don't have any. I can probably move up two spots, can't I? We can move the camera angle, but it's just you can't really. Like I said, they sit there, just block stuff. You know how effective it is to get people to move in this church? They, they might move. That's a, that's a psychological thing because of this class, too. As, a, as I learned as I started teaching the auditorium class long ago, unprepared as, as I was, people sit at the corners. <laughs> you know, And it's, it wasn't so bad when I was young and mobile. You know, without the cameras, I walk back and forth. With the camera and you try to stay on frame, you kind of... You're almost in a peripheral vision, so it gets to, it's a psychological thing. It's the spots. All right, so anyways, we continue our study of uh, life of Christ. Our outline, we use the chronological study of the life of Jesus by Gene Taylor. Uh, Fourfield Gospel, McGarvey's kind of path that he took with that. We're on chapter 25 of 26. So, yeah, 26 chapters, we're on chapter 25. But if you know anything about the life of Christ, um, it comes to an end at some point. It's just that's all that's all the farther it's going to go. So, and we're in the trials is where we're at. Uh, Chuck covered the first two Jewish trials last week, and uh, I'm going to cover the third one. Actually, I thought I was moving on to Roman trials, but it's the third one. So, we're going to cover that, and I got some stuff on uh, Judas' suicide. You could put it kind of in other places, but. In a in the text, it was in one spot, so we'll follow up with that. Uh, I'm not a big guy on talking about suicide, so we'll talk about it and we'll see from there. So, uh, gospels are typically parallel. Matthew 27:1. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Mark 15, verse 1, first part. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. Luke 22, verse 66, beginning. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to their council. So what time of day is it? It's about sunrise. It's, it's daybreak. It's, it's morning, morning. It ain't late in the morning. This is when I like to get up morning. So I do not like to get up really early. You know, they told another story on that. Uh, but anyway, it's about, it's daytime, but it's morning. What did the Jews normally, normally do on that day? What day is it? Let me ask that question first. What day is it and what did the Jews normally do on that day? It's the day before he's crucified. It's the day of, yeah, he's crucified at sundown, basically. So you're right. I mean, to our calendar, it's so. Yeah, he's he's 
so this is sun up, and he's crucified about sundown, or well, no, nah, before that, and he hangs on there till he's dead at three. Yeah, so this is Friday. Yeah, they're getting ready for Passover. They're preparing for Passover. That helps. Do we know what day it is? The Jews called it the day of preparation. It was the, when you would prepare, choose your lamb, prepare the lamb. It would be you get ready for Passover. That's what the day was spent as doing. So that was the day. Uh, these particular Jews, the chief priests, the scribes, the Jews of Jews, uh, chose to do something different for the day. Um, some, if you kind of look at it the right way, and they, uh, they took the job, day to prepare the lamb, different lamb. So that's where they're at. What had Jesus been through overnight? Two trials? Two long trials? The Bible, the Bible doesn't put much stuff in there. You know there's more to it than what he heard. There's a lot of conversations, accusations, eyewitnesses. Whatever I mean, the trials they bring enough people together, and they weren't they weren't a 15 minute. Nope, he looks guilty to me. It was more than that, I think. That's kind of the way I would look at it. But he's been through. He's been up all night through two trials. Um, who led those trials? Who was they were before two guys? Annas and Caiaphas. Yeah, Caiaphas, Caiaphas. I don't know how to say it. Whatever, one's Caiaphas. Caiaphas is the dad of Annas. Is that right, or is Annas the dad? Father-in-law. Father-in-law. One's head. One's the chief priest or the high priest, and the other one is the former high priest. Is that right? Yeah. Those two guys said it. Um, one of, it's one of them's house, isn't it? Guys, house. We've been two different places and two trials. Same guys. Um, what does the council of elders, chief priests, and scribes plan to do? What's their big goal for the day? Death. Put him to death. That's that's the plan. That's the plan. Matthew twenty-seven one says they took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. This is we've had these trials because we want to, and. Today's the day. Night trials have been illegal. If you didn't get that, Chuck said that. I'll say it again. They were illegal. You weren't allowed to have trials at night. Why? Did you get everybody there that needed to be there? I mean, we don't hold trials at night, right? No. Could you, could you bring in, I don't know, whoever? It's just you can't do things as well. There's one thing. But they, don't, they didn't do them at night. Trials of any kind were prohibited on the day of preparation. So just to compound it, and they're having a trial here in the morning. This is illegal because that's not what you're supposed to do that day. You're supposed to be preparing for Passover. Couldn't they have picked a better time for this? Another time? Couldn't have done it a week earlier? Couldn't have done it a week later? When he came in. <laughs> right. It would have been a riot. You're right. When, they, when he came in, the triumphal entry... That previous Sunday, it would have been a riot if they snagged him off the streets right there. Snagged him off the streets, left the peppermint, peppermint and the uh, stuff just laying in a bubble gum that they're throwing out, you know. I guess they're not really doing that, but you know what I'm saying. It's a parade. It's a like a lot of people. But there's, everybody's there. It would have been a riot if they snagged him then. 
um, this all goes along with um, prophecy. He, like I said, he is the Passover lamb. Lamb. This is when it happens. But they're trying to be as legitimate as they can. They're holding trial, so it looks like it's legit. But they're breaking all kinds of rules that look at hypocrisy. Is really what it really is. It's not. Time. This yeah. one, he knows it's his time. It's his time. He, he knows. It's just, it's, it is what it is. Luke 22, 66b and 67a. We're going to move to Luke 22 for most of it because most of the other Gospels had like one verse. And they said, if you are to Christ, tell us. So Jesus is on trial in front of the Sanhedrin. Is this the first time they've asked this question? Yeah. It's not the first time. They word it a hundred different ways, right? It's about like my mom trying to find the truth out of me, right? <laughs> this is kind of how things go. If you're to Christ, tell us. That's not even a question. It's not the first time. They know. He knows. Everybody there knows. He did it with Caiaphas. He said, if you are, tell us. And he says, I see myself sitting at the right hand of the God. And they just lost their minds. <laughs> yeah, they lost their minds. He told them, you know, he said, this is where I see myself. Well, that would say that you're the Son of God. And they just, they blew up. They, yeah. What's he charged with? <laughs> blasphemy. That's it. He's charged with blasphemy. It depends on who it is. It depends on who it is. The Jews are talking to the Romans, it's sedition. Yeah. Within themselves, it's, it's blasphemy. Yeah. Within themselves, they really just, eh. They, they got a million reasons to be mad. Um, but yeah, Chuck's right. Blasphemy. Blasphemy is insulting God. That's, that's blasphemy. If you show contempt for God, show lack of reverence for God, that's blasphemy. So they are ch ch uh, charging him with blasphemy because he says he's God. So, you know, if I'm God, but I have faults in my life, I've lowered God to me. You know, that's an insult. That uh, shows contempt. There's lack of reverence. God isn't God if it comes down to my level. So this is what they've charged him with, is basically calling himself God. Like Chuck says, when it shifts over to the Romans, blasphemy, the Romans don't care about blasphemy. They don't care about the God of the Jews. They don't care about God. They don't care about contempt of God. They have to change that to make the Romans upset. So we're here, basically, he says he's God. He says he's the son of God. When he goes to the Romans, he says he's the king. That's basically the charge there. It's sedition. He's leading a new army. He's leading a new country. He's leading, you know. So he says he's God. He says he's the king. They're kind of the, kind of the two charges or what basically. But you see that both. You know, that's our, that's our confession when we're, when we're baptized, when we're put on Christ. Do you believe he's the son of God? We say he is. Is he going to be Lord of our life? Is he going to be king? He is. So he's both. But anyways. So that's how they see him as blasphemous because he says he's God. They said it lowers it to man's level. Moving on to the last half of verse 67 and 68, Luke 22. But he said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And I, if I ask you, you will not answer. So an answer, if you're Christ, tell us. And he says, if I tell you, you're not going to believe me. If I ask you who I am, you're not even going to answer. Is this the first time he's answered a question? If I ask it a thousand times, he's answered a question a thousand times. 
Did they believe him at any time in the past? No. That's what he says. You're not going to believe me if I tell you? Mostly no. And I like that answer. Kind of came around. Joseph Arimathea obviously came around too. Yeah, Joseph Arimathea. Um, Nicodemus, those two guys came around. Um, there's other points where you see priests believed, you know, as the gospel spreads. There are people who believed. I think there were probably people that believed and knew but went with the mob. They went with the mob, which is a hard place to be. Um, anyways, so, yeah, by and large, they're still after him. How could he switch the question to ask them? What words would he use to switch this question? If he could ask them. They want to know, are you the son of God? What would he ask them? Who do you say that I am? That's a good question. Yeah. You know, do you say that I'm not the son of God? Who do you say I am? If I'm not the son of God, who do you say I am? So he could, and he has. He's done this kind of thing before. He switched it on them. Um, that doesn't go over to too well of people with authority, but that's, uh, you know, who's got more authority. Verse 69, but from now on the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Did he answer the question? Same answer as before. Am I a Son of God? This, the Son of Man will be in heaven at the right hand of God? That's where I'm going. This is where I'll be. He answered the question. Do they understand it? I think they understand it. Do they believe it? It's a different question. But I, I mean, you answer that, they know that's where the Son of Man will go. That's where the Son of God will be. They got to understand it. But do they believe it's Him? That's a whole different thing. Verse 70, so they all said, are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, you say that I am. So how did the Sanhedrin rephrase the question? And what gave a clue that the Sanhedrin understood the answer? They added the word then, didn't they? We heard what you said. Are you the Son of God? Are you saying, because of your answer, are you saying that you're the Son of God? Because the word then kind of shifts it. You know, it ties it back to the answer. That's, you know, at least they understood what he said. Who's really guilty here? And is it blasphemy? Not blasphemy for Jesus, right? Because he says he's the Son of God, but he is the Son of God. It doesn't lower God. It, he is. It's a true statement. He's, so he's not really guilty of blasphemy? Why? Right. You say. You say that I am. So you're right. If he was, if he... They would charge him with um, perjury, lying under oath. If he said that, yeah, I'm the son of God, you're right. They would, they would slap that charge on him because they didn't believe it either. You say that I am. So who's really guilty here? If you can see that Jesus is the son of God, but you choose not to believe that, are you guilty? You're guilty of everything. That's a sad thing. You're guilty. 
belittle God. <laughs> right. What are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you're, at this point, you're blaspheming, you're blaspheming because you're belittling God. You're saying God couldn't send His Son. God couldn't pay the ultimate price for sin. This couldn't be. We wouldn't chose this guy. We're bigger than God. We talked about that one Wednesday night. The, the Pharisees become, they become God. They set in their own set of rules. They become bigger than God. So, yeah, the blasphemy really falls on them for making God less than He really is. Verse 77, then they said, is it 77? Why did I skip six verses? I don't think it's 77. Oh, well. Then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Basically, they said he's guilty and he's worthy of death. That's got to be 71. But anyways, that's what they said. We don't need more testimony. We've heard it from ourselves. You said you're guilty and you're worthy of death, except they don't have the ability to do their death penalty. It's not within their jurisdiction. The Romans took that away from them. They have the laws that say they can stone people for this, they can kill people for that, but that's not the case anymore. It's not 77, is it? No. Doesn't matter. So, uh, so they send them on to the Romans. Romans have the authority to do that kind of thing, but the Jews don't. Pharisees wanted to be the ones to kill them. Oh, no. Uh, because they could stone them. The Romans didn't do anything when they stoned people. They didn't walk down there. They, they stoned them. Them. That's right. They wanted the Romans to do it. We're holding themselves up. We, hold, we uphold the law of God. And clearly, in Leviticus, it says, if someone blasphemes, you are to stone them. So, yeah. are you holding to the law of God? Or not? No. You know, it's, they're just—they're breaking his laws. Just, just saying we're upholding him. You know, it's just the, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Yeah, they're full of hypocrisy. They've broken all kinds of laws. They've broken all kinds of rules to kill Jesus. And like I said, it, the the law against blasphemy is stoning him. Nobody picks up a stone. Nobody just drags him outside. They haven't tried. It's a, but they want to look right. Like I said, they want to avoid a riot. They want that pushed off on somebody else. The day that somebody gets upset, they killed him, not us. You know, they set them up for it, but they did the dirty work. Maybe everybody will forget all this. Uh, unfortunately, it's written in four gospel accounts. So, 2,000 years later, we still know who's, who's guilty of that. Uh, Matthew 27, 2. They bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Mark 15, 1, B. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. Luke 23, 1, when the whole company of them, then the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And John 18, 28, then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. They take him to Pilate. Pilate's the prosecutor, the governor of Judea. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that people can put together about him. He's uh, not necessarily... Not a great guy. Uh, he had previously insulted the Jews by bringing in the Roman standards in Jerusalem. Roman standard typically has an eagle on it, uh, graven image, which is, you know, right there you've broken another commandment. So the Jews don't like him. He took them back out for fear of a riot. Pilate is not on their side, and he's not somebody that they like, but that's who they brought him to. He's the prosecutor, he's the governor. 
he's probably the guy dirty enough to get the job done. I don't know if they had another choice, but he's that, that guy. There's only one guy that's above the governor. Yeah, there's only one above the governor. So, yeah, he's not a, not a friend of the Jews. So, but he'll, afraid of the Jews too. Remorse and suicide of Judas. Matthew 27, 3 through 4. Um, gospel account puts Judas' suicide right there. Matthew's the only one that, that covers that suicide. Um, the, the notes that we're using, it puts it down a little bit later. And they put the, for some reason, they go into two Roman trials, I think, before they get to Judas' suicide. Um, looking at some of the notes and stuff, McGarvey says basically the timeline's when it is. Kaufman says it can't, it happened when it happened and hard to tell when. I just went ahead and covered it because like I said, it's the next verse right there. It's easier than putting it later. It seems out of place to cover his suicide in the middle of the Roman trials. So we'll cover it right now. Um, which, which is it? You know it's true. Let's just leave it at that. But the beginning of it says, then when Judas the betrayer saw that Jesus was condemned, and that kind of leads me to believe they just condemned him to death, and it leads the next verse into this, leads me to believe it happens at this time frame. Or at least, you know, it happens that day. Like Chuck says, I mean, the first trials in the, the last Jewish trials in the morning, daybreak or so, they put him on the cross, what, by noon or so? Is that right? By noon, so maybe six hours' time. The, the, the priests and stuff would have gone back on. They might have been there for the Roman trials. They definitely were there for the Roman trials, but they kind of did some of their stuff. It would have been, they didn't run in, necessarily in charge of everything at this point. Um, busy morning, after a busy night. And when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind, and he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. Why do you think Sanhedrin didn't use his testimony during the trials? We looked at the trials, but did anybody ever say, and they put Judas on the stand as a witness? They were trying to pay people to bring false accounts. Why do you think they didn't use his testimony? You know you can't trust a guy that you're, <laughs> but that's, it's, you know, he's after money, he takes bribery. You, you can't really trust that guy all the way. They had no idea what he was going to say or do. He didn't have an idea what he was going to He thought he did. Yeah, he thought he did, but you're right. I think you're right. I think he didn't have any idea really what he'd say or do right here. He changes his mind. I've sinned by betraying innocent blood, you know. They don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are dependable liars, and they know dependable liars. They don't need one who's... They didn't need him. So, um, well, the pieces of silver were supposedly to identify him. I wasn't to charge him. He didn't go up and say, this is the son of God, I'm going to kiss him on the cheek. Mm -hmm. And so they were paying him to do that. They, right. they paid him to do what they paid him to do. And uh, I don't think Judas thought it through. I don't think he thought it was going to have the ending that it did. He'd seen Jesus rescue himself otherwise. He was very, he was greedy, but he was also very naive. 
Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that too. I think, uh, well, well, that's a question. You think Judas might have expected a different outcome. His, his job was to point out who Jesus was, although they knew who he was. It wasn't for them to establish that Jesus said he was the Son of God. In my mind, he kind of thought, first, first and foremost, he was a thief. He was embezzling all the time through the, through the uh, treasury they had. So money was his big temptation. But I think, you know, he, he watched what happened in Nazareth. They were thrown off the cliff. You know, he could just walk away from them. No problem. He was shocked to actually see that he's going through the trial. Yeah, because everything. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, he probably was shocked. Um, like I said, he he got out of stuff before. He walked walked through a crowd. He people have been chasing him for three years. They've been hounding him and stuff, and he just he turns it on them. I don't think it, you're probably right. Naive enough to not realize it was going to go this far, and. Uh, and thinking Jesus will just, like Abraham and uh, Isaac, right? God will provide a way. I mean, Judas, when you look at the account, uh, the account of the Lord's Supper, he's also described as the one whom he loved. So don't look at him as a terrible, rotten guy all the way through and through. Weak, human, we're all that way, right? What you... thing about it was is he repented. He says, I betrayed innocent blood, but if Jesus said it had been better if he never been born. Yeah. He saw it more than anybody. Three years of seeing it every day in and day out. He knows exactly what he saw. Uh, McGarvey said that Judas possibly even stood in the midst of the enemies of Jesus because he wasn't afraid of them. He was probably at the, at the trials. Was he or not? Gospels, I mean, you know, the gospel accounts don't say, but he could have been there through it. Like you said, to see what would happen, not believe in it, he could have been nearby. It was just enough to keep him infuriated. He doesn't defend himself, mm. but he does keep them furious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. He never defends himself. He does keep them furious. He makes sure it happens. It, it, ha it gets to the point that it has to happen. They can't back down. How do you feel about Judas's state of mind in his statement? I have sinned and, you know, it says he, ch he changed his mind. He says I've sinned and betrayed innocent blood. How do you feel about that? What's his state of mind? How do you think he feels? I mean, we kind of talked about it, but. I think uh, the reality of what he did just kind of sunk in. Yeah. I'll give you that. I think. Right. Situation. Yeah. It's got to be overwhelmed. Yeah, I don't think he thought I'd going to go that far. Yeah, this is all my fault. If I could teach the kids on my soccer team that way, go to the outside, not up the middle. They kick the ball to the middle, the other team scores. <laughs> Learn from that, you know? It's minor compared to this, but you realize what you did all of a sudden in life. It's costly. Um, some translations use repented instead of changed his mind. 
Um, which, which Greek word do you think appears in the text? Metaneo, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> this is not today, you try to guess it. Metanoio, how about that? Metanoio means to know after, or metamalomii, to care after. And I'll put it, the sentence is, I think it's McGarvey. No, it's Barnes. He who has changed his mind about the past, metanoio, is in the way to change everything. He who has an aftercare, metamalomii, may have little or nothing more than a selfish dread of the consequences of what he's done. So is, did he repent that he saw what he did and wants to change his way? Or is this the fact that he saw what he did and he knows he's going to pay a huge price for this and he wants, wishes he'd turned around and done something better? Is it just the knowledge of what he's, the after knowledge of what he's done that, that makes him change his mind? Or is that he cares and wants, wants to repent? Any guesses? Can you see the Still being selfish. Still being selfish. Words uses, yeah. He knows it's the aftercare. He sees the penalty. That's the, that's the change of mind. It doesn't want to face that penalty. I have sinned. I betrayed innocent blood. It's not, not so much that I wish I could go back. I see what this is all causing. If Judas wants forgiveness, where should he have taken his confession? Where did he take his confession? Where should he have taken his confession? <laughs> he goes to Sanhedrin. He goes to the priest and stuff. Says, "I've sinned. I've taken innocent blood. I want forgiveness." Jesus <laughs> should have come to Jesus Himself, right? Be wrong. A, he's wanting wrong, and B, he's also, as we know from the rest of the story, he's the one that gives forgiveness. So yeah, he goes to the priest. It's not. And that's really a. a Part of the deal there. He's not going to where he really wants that, that repentance. It's, it's he's wanting to f get out of the, the penalty. I'm not sure that he understood. Uh, even, the, even the apostles did not understand the forgiveness that Jesus could bring them until after he rose from the dead. So why would we expect Judas to no. think anything different than that? He was a result of his culture. I, I personally think he had remorse. He returned what he took. Think of us today. If we steal something and we have remorse, you know, you take your kid to the store, he steals something, and you tell him to take it back. And he's taking it back because he got caught, mm -hmm. because the results aren't the same. But he doesn't know what to do beyond that. And I'm not sure Judas knows what to do beyond that. He, he's not the day of Pentecost where they said the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then what must we do to be saved? He didn't have that option. This was before Christ was risen right. from the dead. Yeah, you're right. The old law. And so you have to sometimes put yourself in perspective of the world they lived in. Yeah. He no. totally, he, I think he honestly didn't know what to do. He realized what he'd done. Now he, he couldn't get to Jesus for one thing. He no. knew he couldn't get to Jesus. No. He was not, that approach was gone away for a while. So, I, I, 
I'll give you that. Like I said, that's the culture. That's where he had the option to go. He went back to the people that gave him that, that money. That's a good point, and it is. It's the same thing they say on the day of Pentecost. I find myself guilty on the, of the death of the Son of God. Well, you know, they're cut to the heart. What do we need to do to get right with God? Um, and maybe he went back to priests with that same kind of message. What do I need to do to get right with God? <laughs> Not a problem, buddy. Thanks anyways. What is that to us? See to it yourself. We don't, we don't really care. That's really their thing. What's it to us that you sinned? What is it to us that you've spilled innocent blood? Take care of yourself. Did they share his wish to undo what was done? No. It's already moved on. Matthew 27, 5, And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. The casting of the silver is prophesied in Zechariah. Zechariah 11, 12-13, Then I said to them, If it seems good to you, give me my wages. If not, keep them. And they weighed out my wages, as my wages, 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the lordly, the lordly price at which was, I was priced by them. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw it into the house of the Lord to the potter. It's already prophesied at these 30 pieces of silver, which are the price that was paid for giving up Jesus, the price of his life was 30 pieces of silver, essentially. And uh, it's going to be cast back into the temple. Jesus' suicide is right here. He went throwing down, he throws down the piece, bags of silver since they wouldn't take it. He goes and he goes and hangs himself. In Acts 8, 1, 18 and 19, he gives you a little bit more things. It says, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. It's pretty graphic, I know. The commentaries don't talk about his suicide. By and large, they just don't. He committed suicide. The ones that do, some of them point that he went out and did it hurriedly. Maybe the rope broke and he fell into a valley and shattered. Some say he hung there enough that his body uh, was corrupted and that's kind of the, the bowels gushed out. He went and did it by himself however you want to look at it. Carried that burden with him, and that's what he saw fit to do. Um, I won't even try to analyze suicide. That's not my thing. Talk to, talk to Camille about that stuff. It's, uh, that's her field, not mine. I don't know what affects... Anyways, we won't even do it. 27.6, But the chief priest taking the piece of silver said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury since it's blood money. Deuteronomy 23.18 is what's usually referenced with this. It says, You shall not bring the fee of the prostitute or the wages of a dog into the house of the Lord your God in payment for any vow. For both of these are an abomination to the Lord your God. So what money is forbidden in the temple treasury? The temple treasury will not take money if you have done what? If you're a prostitute and this is the money you made last night, don't bring it to the temple. If you've sold your dog... Don't take that money to the temple. I don't know why. If you sell your dog, don't bring that money to the temple. They don't want either one of it. What about the blood money thing? Is that in that verse? It's not there. This is the verse that's usually pointed to with that. It's not there. They made up their own rules. Unless you want to look at it as some kind of a prostitute thing. You've sold your own soul 
You know, if you want to look at it that way. You sold the dog, Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. No, they weren't pets. It, it may refer to what was done. You know, the act of what was done, the, the, what was sold. I don't know, but it's not direct. Could they use temple money to hire false witnesses? <laughs> they did. I don't think they shouldn't have, but they did. Should they use temple money to hire the plot to murder the Son of God? They shouldn't have, but they did. So, you know, this is some self-righteousness. You know, the money we gave to you, we're okay spending that money. But you can't give it back because now it's blood money. We don't really know where you got it. You know, you got it from the temple. You got it from those guys. Verse 7 and 8, so they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. They take Jesus' 30 pieces of silver and they purchase a piece of land. Um, that, that land is called a field of blood. It's a potter's field. This is where they bury the poor. People don't have the money to bury themselves. They, or for their families to bury them, they bury them in this potter's field. It's all, it says in Acts 119, it became known to the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their own language Aquadama, that is the field of blood. That's the Aramaic name, Aramaic name, Aquadama. I probably said it wrong, but that's what it is. Um, and it's, it's a prophecy that was in Zechariah. The money would be thrown back in the temple. The money would be bought, used to buy a piece of land, to throw it to the potter. That's where the money goes. Um, Matthew 27, 9 through 10, then was fulfilled that what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, and they took 30 pieces of silver, the price of him on whom the price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave him to the potter's field, them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. It says in Matthew 27:9, it says, it gives Jeremiah as a speaker of the prophecy that we see in Zechariah. And this is kind of not that Jeremiah said this, this is a binding of books. Jeremiah would have been part of that, Zechariah, all the minor prophets, some other ones, and they just referred to it as Jeremiah. It wasn't Jeremiah who said it, it was just that was the set of books. All right, next week, Chuck's going to pick up with Roman trials. Always a good time. So, Wear your white, wear your purple, pick your side. Always a good time. Um, which one of us will get stuck with uh, having to say, <laughs> crucify him? That's a, that's, We'll both drag our feet so the other one has to say it. So, <laughs> so. all righty. Sing the wonder.